hello 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 welcome back to life goes on podcast who are you it's your girl brandy y'all who am i it's your girl justine judy jude y'all already know what it is thank you so much for tuning in um those who are welcome who those who are come back how was the word what's the phrase second time listeners or first if you're just a returning listener y'all thank you welcome back if you're new Welcome to Life Goes yes. On Podcast. We are your Young Professional Survival Guide. Okay. To life. Okay. We're going to work on this um intro thing and everything <laughs> in the spiel, but we're going to get okay. it down packed one day. It's some someday. Bear with us. Um, so what are we going to talk about today, Brandy? So today we are talking all about mental mm. health. <laughs> it's real. It happens. It's important. And it helps us to make sure that life goes on. So that's yep. what we're going to be talking about today. This is a serious topic. Um, and we're really just going to share with you guys our work, what we do, what we're mm-hmm. studying, and all about our perspectives on mental health today. Yep, yep. As you all have seen, um, especially those who have kind of followed us on Instagram, or if you do choose now after this episode, we hope you do follow us on Instagram. Um, you'll see that throughout our content that we try to emphasize the importance of mental health importance of checking in importance of you know what it means to have a mental health like a healthy mental health social um, support social support and all that stuff because we know and we've seen um throughout our experience and others around us um that it's really important for not only a young professional but you know all of us in all development ages to understand the importance of mental health um but also in this moment of your life where you are taking different risks you're trying new things you're trying to find yourself and everything um trying to find what profession you want to go into it's really important to check in with your mental health and make sure that is a solid foundation and healthy before you move on and step into life because it's real. As Brandy said, it's real, and we need to continue that conversation mm-hmm. for sure. Jude, why don't you share with the people you, what you're studying right now, your experience with mm-hmm. mental health, and um, in terms of your career? Yeah. So um, I am in a counseling psychology program, um, master's program currently. I am hoping to, God willing, one day become a child psychologist and the reason why um, I got into psychology was like a weird way, not a weird way, but like I was doing psychology and biology at the same time because I was like, ooh, I like studying the mind. I like what's going on inside of it. I do want to be a doctor, but I don't know if I want to do all those years. Um, but somehow, some way, someone convinced me into doing psychology because I um, fully believed in connecting with yourself and who you are in order to get to the next level um, in your life. And so I found myself coming down the path of psychology and it definitely was the best decision for me um, because as I'm learning about psychology, I'm learning about myself Mm -hmm. and like possibly what traumas I have Mm. possibly what traumas my family has been through um, and how it's affecting me in general. And I think, like, that's, like, the biggest thing that I've learned and the biggest important 
thing that I think why there's such an emphasis around mental health because it really helps you to understand what makes you do some of the things that you do, mm-hmm. but also helps you get a better understanding of others in general. And so, you know, psychology was really important for me to be able to connect with people, but also connect people with themselves. So I like that. Mm-hmm. How about you? Yeah, so I'm in the same program studying counseling psychology. Um, it's a licensed mental health counselor track. We are almost done. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. God willing. Hallelujah. Um, we're, we're more than halfway done. So, um, that's really exciting. So for me, um, I don't want to specialize in children. Um, I actually prefer, um, young adults and students in particular. So I want to work with the student population, um, Mm -hmm. either in like a high school setting or, um, college student Mm -hmm. level. So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm gearing more towards school psychology, um, but the reason why I got into it, so it started in high school for me. Like I took this one AP psychology class and I was like, this is what I want to do. So my track was a little bit different when I came into college. I was already a psychology major. Um, mm-hmm. And then I started studying social work the year after. And then I ended up doing like a double major type mm-hmm. of thing. Um, so I studied both at the same time, which is really nice. Um, and I think for me, one of the reasons why I really stuck with it is kind of growing up and seeing different, like you said, those Mm -hmm. patterns and those tendencies and behaviors. And I'm like, Hmm, that could be a little bit of trauma there Mm -hmm. affecting you. Um, and you know, we obviously don't want to diagnose people without doing proper assessments and all of that. But I think in our expertise, in our studying, we can kind of derive some symptoms and stuff like that, that connect to certain, um, diagnoses Mm -hmm. and mental health issues um but for me I think mental health is really important because it has so many different elements Mm -hmm. so we're looking at the social aspect of someone we're thinking about the psychological aspect we're thinking about the physiological aspect so we're really combining all of these different elements um that we're really assessing over someone's lifespan. Yeah. Um, so that's why I like it because whether people believe it or not, mental health inevitably impacts all areas of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to impact your relationships with other people. It's going to impact the way in which you view yourself, the way in which you interact with other people, um, your beliefs, your mm-hmm. mindset, your behaviors, your career. Mental health literally is kind of the... It's where everything trickled down, trickles down from, I feel. Um, and if you know how to get a grip of it, um, it can really benefit you. Yeah. And if you don't, it can be really detrimental, too. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is true. I think throughout this whole process of us being in school, um, you know, we not only are, as I said, not only learning it, but like we're living it, too. And so I think in a way this was a great career because it's in everything that you're learning like in every lesson or chapter like you can apply it right away and I think that's what I've always you know not necessarily interested but like I've always appreciated about psychology is that you know even like the first class that you take you're looking at the world so different because you're like okay wow now I know that you know what I think about in my head affects what I do and affects everything around me you Mm -hmm. know and so you know you know, that basic model 
Okay, CBT. Understand, <laughs> um, understand that basic model helps you understand how you move around the world and how, you know, even regardless of if you're talking about it or not, I think that's what you said, where, you know, regardless of if we mention it out loud or if we, you know, have that conversation with a therapist or not, it, it affects everything that we do. Mm-hmm and affects the people that you're with, the ones that you love, you know, the people that pass you by, everything. It affects everything. And I appreciate this time, especially because there is such an emphasis on mental health everywhere you go and more now than it was before. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think one of the people that I've admired that he talks about it so openly is Charlemagne the God and how open he is with you know I go see a therapist this is why I go see a therapist like mental health is real and everything and I think having someone of his caliber and like his background and you know what he does and everything Mm -hmm. having him talk about this topic this serious topic it definitely brings that into the our conversation our conversational you know moments on a day-to-day basis so Mm -hmm. So, have you, like, struggled with, like, mental health? Like, have you, like, struggled with, like, understanding yours while you're going through it? While you're, I mean, I should say, while you're learning it, while you're learning about it and, like, stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, for me, I like to think of everyone, I like to think of mental health as a continuum. Mm -hmm. It's legitimately a, a spectrum. And I believe that everyone is on it, whether they want to admit it or not. I feel like Mm. some people are more mild than others, and some people have more severe um, mental health issues and symptoms that Mm -hmm. come up for them. But I believe that everyone is on this spectrum. You cannot go through this crazy life um, and all different types of experiences without having some type of mental health concern. I like how you put it as a spectrum. Yeah, that's I, really I that's how I that's how I've always viewed it. It's just and I think when we do it that way, it alleviates mm-hmm. some of the pressure of the stigma around, around mental it. health mm-hmm. too. Um you may not be someone who experienced PTSD, mm-hmm. um post traumatic stress disorder and went through abuse mm-hmm. and neglect and you have personality disorders and all that stuff. You may not be that severe, but you may have some anxious symptoms mm-hmm. from time to time or um, things that may be more common in terms of mental health. So I think I think everyone is on the spectrum mm. and some are just more mild than others I think and putting, moderate. The way you put it, putting it on the spectrum, I think it definitely helps us define that we're talking about mental health Mm -hmm. we're not talking about mental health illnesses we're not talking about mental health issues we're not talking about mental health related disorders we're talking about mental health and i think that's all like you just bring that up i think that's in itself adds to the stigma where when you think about mental health you automatically think about all those things that you mentioned you know the the most severe cases extreme extreme cases but when you do sit down and think about it or looking at look at it on this spectrum you know, everywhere, every point on the spectrum, you need to be talking about your mental health. Mm-hmm. You know, when um, I think I had a supervisor who would said that one time she gave her um son uh what was it called uh a mental health day. Oh yes, and like I was so confused I, about that phrase. I love that. And I was like a mental health day. I was like, so we tell me your your child is crazy, but like she said that she, sometimes her son just needed a break. 
and she said she needed a mental health check a mental health day to like get his mental right and everything and so i think going back to like the spectrum even think about it like oh you know i'm i don't have a disorder or diagnosis or anything but like Mm -hmm. you know sometimes i need a mental health break you know Mm -hmm. sometimes you need a break from people and that that in itself is checking in on your mental health so so you know we are we are professionals working in the field have you ever had to take a mental health day and what did that look like for you um i've never taken a mental health day um i've had moments where i've had moments where i needed a mental health moment like a moment but Mm. um i've never taken like a day like a full day to myself to like you know calibrate what's going on in my head to kind of sort out my thoughts and everything Mm -hmm. um but I have had moments or I've had people tell me like, yo, you need like, you need a break. A break. Or, like you need a mental health day because y- you're going through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just me not taking a mental health day is for me was like that moment where like, I don't know how to do this. You know, um, yeah. even though I study psychology, I still personally struggle like with like, what do I do with my mental health? Mm. Mm. So what do you do for your mental health days? So I'm kind of similar to you Mm. where I haven't had many, um, Mm -hmm. but I do remember having one in particular last year um, where I knew that I was so overwhelmed and so stressed that if I came into the office, Mm. I was not going to be productive. My work ethic wasn't going to be there. Mm -hmm. Um, I was at my limit, like my capacity, and I needed to calm that down and de-stress so I emailed my supervisor I was like I was blatantly like I need I need a mental health day yeah like it I don't need to explain to you exactly what I'm going through um but just know that I need this space in my mm-hmm. time for myself and what, what was their response they were actually very respectful of mm-hmm. it and I think it's because of my work ethic too like they were mm-hmm. like okay if Brandy needs a mental health day she needs a day like it's it's gonna be fine because she doesn't usually ask for something like exactly this, exactly so they knew that i was kind of like at my limit and they were like that's fine um and then i let them know that i was going to be back in the next day and it's kind mm-hmm. of like a sick day honestly um and i i think people are more accepting of physical sickness than mental, mental sickness, sickness is a different it's a different story mm-hmm. um so if i had a cold you wouldn't ask me to come mm-hmm. in that day but if I am having a mental breakdown, I also should not be able mm-hmm. to come into work that day. Um, and I think as a society, we're moving closer towards accepting mental, mental health. health yeah, yeah, for sure. So, which I'm very, very appreciative mm-hmm. of because when we think about it, we're just driving people to their wits end, it yep. feels like. Um, so I think mental health days are so important. Mm-hmm. If we had, um, just like sick days, if we had mental health days, like calculated into like the um oh, that'd benefits be and everything. That'd be amazing. Like oh you had you have like ten sick days and like four mental health days. You, people wouldn't I don't think people would get to the point of like quote unquote burnout or like actually like hate their job the way they hate their job because no. that would be like, oh like I need a day to like yeah. breathe and you, you can call that in. Um and I think that shows that your your workplace is also supportive of mm-hmm. you and your mental health. Cause at the end of the day what's you're not gonna have progress or productivity yep. if your employees are suffering. That's true. So, it's I mean, burnout is also real. Burnout is very mm-hmm. real. That's true. That's true. Yep. So, 
we talked about stigma. But there's like let's talk a little bit yeah, more I'm about saying, stigma. I was, like, I was like, there's just so much you can talk about. Um, so I actually, I think it was undergrad. I think it was like my second or third year. I think it was my third year in my undergrad, mm-hmm. and um, we were assigned to do a research topic. And she kind of put in our my professor put in the sense of like research something like you're interested in, so you can actually like go into it deeply. Um, so I researched. My study was on. Um, help-seeking behaviors of African-Americans and Caribbeans. And so at first I was trying to look at mental health in Caribbeans and African-Americans. And like while I was looking for that solely, what I'm telling you, it was so hard to find research Mm. or like a good chunk of research that I could sift through on that topic, that's when I realized, like, I was like, whoa, like, I need to even take a step back, right? Such a gap And so I was even looking at my my own family for, you know, my own, like, culture and those around me who identify as African-American and Caribbean. And I think the first thing that I realized is, like, as a society, as a culture, as a people, we don't necessarily ask for help, you know? And I was thinking, I was like, is that something that's passed down? You know, is that something generational, you know? And so are these behaviors something that we see in our parents and everything that is just passed down generation to generation? Now it's here still, and it's affecting our ability to, you know, consider mental health. Um, so what did you find? What is your results? Yeah, so I found that, um, and I think it's something that we all know, that one <laughs> help-seeking behaviors in African-Americans and Caribbeans are drastically different than, you know, their white counterparts, our white counterparts. And I say drastically different because um, our version of I need help is, you know, if I'm on my deathbed, then I'll ask for help or, like, I'll ask. Mm. Or someone will come and help me. I think Mm. um, I was even looking at a study that was talking about adolescents and in a classroom and the rate at which african-americans versus white students would ask for help was drastically different in Mm -hmm. a classroom itself and so it's even brought to the classroom where as students we don't feel as though we can ask the professor or teacher for help Mm -hmm. and so if at a young age we feel as though we can't ask our teacher or our professor for help as we get older it starts to trickle into and seep into different areas of our lives. Mm. And so the studies that show that it parts, some studies that show that it was generational where, you know, if you saw examples of what asking help was, um, then you'd be able to, you'd be more inclined to ask help on a later, on later in your Mm. development. Right. And so it was, it was just interesting because tying it into mental health and the rates at which African-Americans who do report who have severe mental health issues, it was alarming because, you know, we don't talk about this topic. We don't talk about what's going on with our mental health. Mm -hmm. And yet when it is reported, it's high numbers, high risk numbers that are reported all the time. Mm -hmm. And so like that gap in itself. So it was just, it was just, it was hard to like sit through and be like, dang, like we really don't talk about mental health. And we don't want to talk about it. And still to this day, you know, it's hard. It's a hard conversation to talk about. But, yeah. 
It's much needed. I would. That's actually. I'm really proud of you for doing that research because I bet that was kind of difficult to find it data was. on. <laughs> um, I would say I'm. I'm obviously disappointed, but I'm really not surprised. Yeah, that's what. Mm-hmm. Like it's not shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing what we know about this population. Yeah. Um. But I mean, it still kind of sucks to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and how that's setting us back, our inability to acknowledge when we do need help, because yeah. that's correlated to weakness in our culture. Yep. Um, if you ask for help, you can't handle it on your own. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I've struggled with that too. I'm like, I'm not going to ask anyone for anything. I can do it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just always not the best route and it's okay Mm -hmm. to kind of allow people to be able to um help you and like you said seek those behaviors from others and it's part of it is where it seeps into the idea that we come from african americans and caribbeans come from a heavy survival mentality you know and like in order for you to survive you need to be the strongest of the strong Mm -hmm. and like asking for help is a weakness so Therefore, like, you know, survival of the fittest, you will not survive because you're asking for mm-hmm. help. That's a sign of weakness. But then again, mm-hmm. it's like you come into a society, the American society, where it's more of a conversation. It's more of a thing where it's like, oh, yeah, talk about how you feel. Mm-hmm. Talk about what's going on in your head. You know, so I feel like especially us first generation in America, I feel like as you get older and as you are more integrated into American society, I think there's a point where like you're combating those views where it's right. like, okay, like my generation, mm-hmm. you know, passed down to me was that we don't really talk about this in our, in our, in our lives or we don't talk about it out, out loud. Mm-hmm. However, at the same time, Sammy at work is always talking about how he he needs a mental health health day. Why can I have a mental health yeah. day? You know, and that I feel like that's a heavy that's really thing hard that as we're a combating. First generation mm-hmm. um, person, and I think that really separates the social stigma. So like the ju- those judgments, perceptions, beliefs, all of that that mm-hmm. we're getting from the outside world, and then our own personal stigmas that we have yeah. that we've internalized from our culture mm-hmm. and what's been passed down to us and our parents and our beliefs and our family. So I think that really distinguishes the two two elements. Yeah. Like it's really it's really two different things, but are they really that different? That's true. And it's hard it's hard to look at those factors. Um and I think there's a point and like I feel like I'm s- trying to get myself out of it, but there was a point where as I'm learning about psychology, in my head, I'm like, well, like, I'm not, like, I literally found myself doing, like, I'm not that drastic. Like, I'll be fine. But then learning about certain topics, like, have you ever felt like you found, oh, snap, that might be a trigger while you're going through, like, your psychology courses? Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, like, that that's scary where it's like, oh, snap. It's like you hear something that automatically triggers this response mm-hmm. in your body. And you don't, you don't know you what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why seeking therapy is so important to be able to 
unravel those pieces mm-hmm. of yourself and get to the core because a lot of it can be generational too. Yep. Um, you might not know why you feel a certain way about a certain thing mm-hmm. and why it makes you super anxious or your depression is persistent. Yep. You may not know why that might be the case. Mm-hmm. And I think therapy is really that safe space for you to be able to really unpack all yeah. of those because it can be difficult to unpack all of those with someone who is not a licensed professional who understands how to deal with the symptoms. Mm. And so that's where it comes to play where like while trying to talk about certain things or like sifting through like, Oh my gosh, am I triggered about this or am I not? You know, we tend, especially as a society, we tend to lean on our friends and vent to our friends and then there's that like there's always that one friend who ends up becoming oh, everybody's therapist and unfortunately Me. that was my life <laughs> you Me. know and and i think what what ends up happening is that you know you could be so willing as a friend you can be so willing to to share and to like listen but like i think one thing that i realized throughout you know these few years is that we as friends we also have uh, conflict, own, a conflict of yeah. interest in the situation. Oh, we're so biased, y- you know, and we're biased towards. Oh, I, I hear what you're saying, but girl, you don't need it, you know. But exactly. like, you, you start to get into that friendship role because yeah. that's your role as yeah. a friend, not a therapist. But it, as a therapist, you're not worried about nope. all that at all. I think I was like, we're trained to not yeah. do that. I was thinking, I think that was the like the the part where I was like, wow, like I can. I can like breathe because like I need to separate myself, but not really separate myself mm-hmm. from it. You know, whereas my friends, I'm like dedicated to, you know, what they feel and how they're go, what they're going yeah. through. You know, and I'm thinking in the back of my mind, like, well, you already went through this with some so and so, you know, so I gotta bring it up so you know. Exactly. But like that's when the friendship mm-hmm. therapist starts to have an issue, and then also mm-hmm. like you as the therapist friend you were taking so much on you that you don't even realize Mm -hmm. you know and you start to be emotionally invested in certain things and you know it's eating at you in ways that you probably can't even explain at first but as time goes on you know you can be you can go through secondhand trauma by listening to and going through it with your friends yep it's something called vicarious trauma mm-hmm. and like secondary traumatic stress where mm-hmm. by listening to someone, you're really taking in everything, yep. all of their emotions, all of that stuff and all of that stuff. And when you continuously do that, it's going to have an impact on your own mental yep. health. So we've said this before. I'm going to say it again and reiterate your friends are not your therapist. They're not. It's also, um, I'm going to try to, rem- I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but we'll, we'll also put links for this. Um, there's an app out right now um, that connects you with it's like a it's like a therapist matchmaker basically oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah it connects you with a therapist based on what you're looking for in a therapist um, because when we do talk about therapy you don't have to stay with the therapist like the first one that you meet you don't have to it's like it's basically like you're you're <laughs> you're dating or you're like you're interviewing them um, just as much as they're trying to get to know you. Um, we talk about this all the time in our, in our, um, courses and like the basis of our, um, our work, our work is, you know, being able to create a therapeutic relationship. So if you're not able to create a comfortable space with this person, don't feel like you're bound to be with this person. 
if you're able to seek out therapy um, mm-hmm. and if it's accessible to you. Mm-hmm. But um, you also put that in. And and I think we we understand where you're coming from, too. Like, as a Haitian woman growing up, um, I was like, I don't want to go into therapy mm-hmm. with some old white, white lady woman. who's not going to understand me and where I've been through and my experiences and all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. That may be the case. There may be some of those <laughs> professionals out there. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but there are also really amazing therapists that are actually culturally competent. Yes. Um, and who are willing to help you. Um, and it can take time to find that person. But when you do, I'm, I'm, I promise you it's going to be worth, be worth it. the mm-hmm. fight. Definitely be worth it. I think I've, I, um, this year, I was going to say last year, this year I went to um, Harvard's Black Health Matters um, conference, and one of the workshops were with four psychologists, and one of them said, like, the best thing I've ever done in my whole life to understand and get to where I am right now is go to therapy. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I've been going to therapy for about five years, and it has been the best eye-opening experience and also, I would not be who I am today without it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was, you know, although, although like psych- you'll hear psychologists talk about like advocating for therapy and everything, but it is just, and I want to say this so you all understand, as much as we on this podcast are pushing for y'all to go see therapists, to go, you know, work on your mental health and everything, it is just as hard for us to do that it is also um and i think it's especially hard for us because we know yep <laughs> what exactly and it's that's the scary it's part hard that's the scary part hard. because we we have a sense and like i don't know about you but i'm gonna speak for myself like i have a sense of what i need to unpack like when we lo- let's like Same, we'll get into, i have a checklist yeah, <laughs> we'll go into like psychology lingo real quick right so like when we talk about like unpacking things, it's like basically like unpacking. Like think about a suitcase. You know, like you bring everywhere you go in this world, you bring a suitcase with mm-hmm. you, right? Sometimes, for most people in this world, we don't know what's in our suitcase. We don't know what's under in the bottom, folded up in our suitcase, I right? Love that analogy. And so, therapy helps us not open, on, not only open that suitcase, but kind of go unpack and like unfold and like. See some of the crazy shirts we decided to put in our suitcase. Like, oh, girl, I packed that. Yeah. I forgot I had that. Or, you know, the old smelly shoe that you decided to bring with you was like, mm, that's not right. But in the sense, it's like <laughs> us going through psychology courses and go- getting going through this program, um, we have a sense of, oh, my goodness, I probably had this or mm-hmm. I've probably been through this or I know I went through this, but I'm not ready to talk about it. And so... It is just as hard for us to kind of dive into our own, our own stuff, our own trauma, for the lack of a better word. Right. And I think, you know, as, as strong black women um, and as just strong young professionals in general, um, whatever background you may come from, mm-hmm. I think we often think that, oh, I handled that. Yeah. I got that. That's all set. That's I've moved past that. That's that's in the past. I've gotten through it. And a lot of times, like you said, you're carrying this heavy luggage mm-hmm. and this suitcase with you that mm-hmm. you didn't even know that you had kind of 
banded to you mm-hmm. and you it's inhibiting you to really grow to your fullest yep. potential um so that's another reason why therapy is so important because mm-hmm. you're gonna be talking about things that you didn't even know were still impacting yeah. you and i've i've noticed um because like if you're not at the point where like okay look i'm i don't think i'm ready for therapy yet um what i've noticed helps to like get to that point or you know even consider that um is being more open to talking about how you feel and like i mean how and i don't say how you feel like what you're going through like how are you when people ask that question i mean like how you really feel in like certain moments right um i have been working with my um siblings about something so simple but i realized was difficult for them to do was tell me in a certain moment when they're upset or when I, I can see their anger, I can see they've been through something, to tell me and give me a word that connects with how they feel. Um, and like literally I had to print out um, a feeling chart for them to give me a different word than I'm upset or I'm mad or I'm angry or, you know, I, I don't know how I feel right now. Mm. You know, and um, something like that where it's like look at the language that you're using when you are feeling certain things emotions i should say um and dive into that you know when i'm when i get to the point where i'm frustrated what gets me to that point rather than angry because i feel like Mm -hmm. frustration is you know a little deeper than anger right and so something something like that where it's like you could even do that on your own where like you can even check yourself where it's like oh my gosh i am not angry or frustrated i am what is irate that's a bigger word you know Um, So I think even these simple things where it's like, you know, let me check with myself and how I feel to start understanding how my feelings, my mind affects everything around me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It helps. And I think for our life chasers that are parents, Mm -hmm. transparency is important with your kids. For For our life chasers that are in relationships, transparency is important important with (laughs) your partners. Yeah. For our life chasers that are in those professional roles, transparency is important with your supervisors and your co-workers. Mm-hmm. Transparency and advocacy, especially as a professional. Advocacy, yep. Um, we have had, um, with me and Brandy, we've had multiple conversations about advocating for your own mental health when it comes to being a professional yep. um, alone. But I think throughout this past semester, we've had more people than usual come to us and talk about like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do in this situation, or I, you know, I'm I'm having a hard time. What do I do? And like, we're always looking at each other. We're like, you need to advocate for yourself. You need and that to, naturally you need, just comes yeah, out. Yeah, it's like we're looking like you need to advocate for yourself. And I think it's and it's a real thing because, especially since we do work with um, professionals our age, also, um, we do see the fear that they're going to be repercussions. Have, yes, the fear that. Oh, if I tell them that I'm struggling with X, Y, and Z. They're going to think I can't know, handle it. Exactly. Or like my sanity is, I feel like my sanity is at risk. I can't say that because they're not going to accept that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, we all, me and Brandy always joke that, you know, it's not half these things that we go through, especially at the position that we're in, it's not worth our mental health. It's not. No. Not at all. We don't even joke about that. We're so serious mm-hmm. about it. Like, it's, it's a lot really of things isn't. are not worth your sanity and your mental health, yeah. period. 
and that looks different for everybody. That's a exactly. big thing also that looks different for you, but it really isn't. And, you know, the advocacy point to it, it's, you really need to get to a spot where you're able to put your foot down and say, my mental health is at risk because X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. For people, even not, not even just your professional life, but like around you, like your mm-hmm. relationships, everything. Like my mental health is at risk. And I think the misconception with that is that we think that we need to over-explain mm-hmm. what's going on oh. with us. You don't need to over-explain mm-hmm. anything. You can keep things short, sweet, and simple. Mm-hmm. Um, people really shouldn't be. It's it's kind of like a, a physiological illness. People should not be asking you about the details of your, yeah. of your condition. And that's the same thing with mental health. People should not be mm-hmm. asking you the the details of like, the details you, of your condition because what are you going through exactly like you're you competent enough to do your role and your mm-hmm. position, and you were hired for that. I'm just having a difficult time with my mental health, and yep. as my supervisor, you should be able to support me through that. Yep. And mm-hmm. and and that that is what it is. So that's I think that's the biggest thing I want you guys to walk away with yep. from listening to this. Mm-hmm. Also, there are with the fact that technology is so in our hand um there's so many platforms that are created now for this continued conversation about therapy and about healing um like i think just this week i found this um instagram page that's dedicated to black men heal Mm. and it is actually at first i thought it was just an instagram page like promoting it but um it's actually i think it's based in new york where they actually have workshops um, for black men talking about therapy, talking about mental health, talking about their emotions, talking about their feelings with a group of black men. And I thought it was so powerful because um, I watched one of the testimonies and he said, he's like, you know, I've never, I never learned that it was okay to tell someone that I'm not okay. Yeah. And like that in itself, I was like, oh my gosh, so like powerful. we don't, we as a society, we as a culture, we don't allow our children to say, hey, like, I'm not okay right now. Mm-hmm. Mommy, papi, like, I'm not okay. You know, but, um, so as I said, it's, there are so many forums out there um, that you can access. There are s- so many podcasts that you can listen to if you just need, you know, a different type of healing, um, whether it is mental health, I mean, therapeutic rela- related podcast um or you know spiritual podcast that helps you you know talk about your feelings and emotions mm-hmm. um feel free to you know while you <laughs> while we're in quarantine i don't know i hope we're not gonna be in quarantine by the time this um airs god forbid um but if you are <laughs> you know look through your app store and see what other kind of platforms are created mm-hmm. for you and we're also going to provide you guys with a list of resources. some of our mm-hmm. favorite resources that are accessible for, um, sure. for you guys to be able to check out um, and explore from podcasts mm-hmm. to books to all of that. Mm-hmm. So make sure you're Articles following us. If you like to read yep, them. exactly. Mm-hmm. So make sure you're following us on our social media mm-hmm. platforms. Um, Instagram, Life Goes On Podcast. And Twitter, Life Goes On Pod. P-O-D. P-O-D. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also wanted to leave y'all with, if you ever have the chance to look at YouTube and look up some clips, um, I think one person that I think 
really embodies the healing aspect of mental health and like going through and diving through generational trauma and all that stuff is um ayana van zandt mm. um when i first saw her like i was like i want to do what she does because i think the way the tactics tactics that she uses and the techniques that she uses so original and yet so powerful um if y'all ever have the chance like look at some of her clips um but also not just look at some of her clips to be like oh wow like that's really cool but like sometimes if you listen to some of the things that she says or some of the questions that she asks if you ask yourself that you'll find yourself you'll find that there's something that triggers in you yourself yeah um and i think that'll be a great start for you to understand what type of healing you need um because i think one one episode she was doing um i legit like cried to myself i was like oh my gosh she's talking to me but i wasn't even in the room with her um but yeah as we said mental health is real um, I appreciate that you liked her when you first listened mm-hmm. to her because when I first watched her, I didn't like her at all. I didn't like what? her approach. I love. I, I didn't like it. it, and then I kept watching it, and I was like, "Oh my god, she's yeah. great!" <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. But um, if you do want to go into therapy and you're like seeking therapy and you're like kind of confused on where to start, please DM us. We'll help you um, find something. Yep. Or um, if you're interested, <laughs> or if you're interested in this field, mm-hmm. um, I know we have also. high schoolers that listen to us. Those who might be interested in going back to school, mm-hmm. um, hit us up too, and we can answer some of your questions about yep. grad school, undergrad, um, the field because mm-hmm. we both worked in the field as well. Yeah. Um, so just hit us with your questions. Yeah. DM us. Like, don't be afraid to DM us. I say this all the time, <laughs> but like for real, y'all, like. Can you talk to us in our DM? They do. Talk to us some more. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of the day, you know, mental health is real. Your sanity is very important. And your mental health is very important. Because as Brandy said in the beginning, it, it affects everything and anything that you endure. Yep. And life will go it'll, on. It'll go on as always, mm-hmm. y'all. So thank you so much for listening. It's your girl, Brandy. And seeing Judy Jude. And thanks for listening to Bye. our podcast.